You're listening to Gruesome and Unnatural, a true crime podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Gruesome and Unnatural. I'm Shelly. And I'm Eric. And this is episode 20. 20. I can't believe we already are at 20. It's crazy. Yep. 20 so, weeks. 20 weeks of gruesome stories. And you're loving it, aren't you? Oh, I, every day I feel positive. <laughs> so much positivity in this house. But I had actually a special request for this one. From me. <laughs> This is a pretty crazy one. Yep. This is a request from Eric. He does this one. But yeah, I haven't, um, I haven't really heard the story in a long time, so it was uh, interesting to research it and stuff like that. But uh, let's just get into it. So this is about the serial killer, Robert Hansen, also known as the Butcher Baker. Robert Hansen was born February 15th, 1939 in Esserville, Iowa, to Edna and Christian Hansen. The Hansen family moved from Iowa to Richmond, California in 1942, but in 1949, they moved back to Iowa, but this time in Pocahontas, Iowa. Robert was very quiet as a child and in his adolescence. He was known as a loner who had a lot of acne and a severe stutter. He uh, grew to like really hate women throughout his life as kind of a quote-unquote revenge for not getting attention from girls that he went to school with. His father, Christian, owned his own bakery in town, so Robert was employed there to help at a very young age. Christian was very strict with Robert, so much so much that like Robert, he's actually born left-handed, but he was forced to write with his left hand or his right hand, which contributed more to his stutter. That's very sad. He spent his free time doing archery and hunting. Robert decided to enlist in the United States Army Reserve after high school in 1957, but after one year he was discharged. He was then employed at the police academy as an assistant drill instructor, and while working there, he met a young woman who he later married in the summer of 1960, although she would divorce him months later while he was in jail, because on December December 7th, 1960, Robert was arrested after he convinced another employee at the bakery to help him burn down the Board of Education school bus garage. Wow. Yeah. The other kid came out to authorities about what they did, and Robert was arrested and sentenced to three years, but only served 20 months at the Anamosa State Penitentiary. While he was there, Robert was diagnosed with manic depression and periodic schizophrenic episodes. The psychiatrist that diagnosed him also stated that he was obsessed with getting back at people that had wronged him in any way. So that's kind of scary. He was sent to jail a few more times after that incident for petty theft. Robert then got married a second time in 1963 to Darla Hendrickson, and the couple had two children. They decided as a family to move to Anchorage, Alaska in 1967. He opened up his own bakery just like his father in Alaska. He seemed to really love Alaska. Weirdly, like his neighbors really liked him. He liked his neighbors. He went off to set a lot of hunting records in Anchorage. But this is where his crimes got much, much worse. In December of 1971, Robert was arrested twice, once for abducting a woman and attempting to rape her, and another time for raping an unidentified sex worker. While he was married? Yes. 
And yeah, he continued to still be married after that. So in court, Robert pled no contest to assault with a deadly weapon for the abduction and attempted rape of one woman. And as a part of a plea bargain, he had all charges dropped for the set for the rape of the sex worker. So he was sentenced to five years in prison, but only served six months and was placed on a work release program and was sent to live in a halfway house. So this guy gets lucky every time he gets fucking sentenced to years in prison. He only serves like months. Yeah. In 1976, Robert got caught stealing a chainsaw from a Fred Meyer store, and he pled guilty to larceny and was to serve five years in prison and was required to receive a psychiatric treatment for his bipolar disorder. Robert got his sentence reduced for time served, so he was once again a free man. But this is where he, uh, we go back five years to December 22nd, 1971, when Robert kidnapped and murdered his first victim, 18-year-old Celia Van Zanten. Who so you, I'm, I'm sorry for interrupting, but right. you're going back five years from after the chainsaw incident? Um, yes. Okay. So Just yeah, clarifying this is, that with yeah. our listeners. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. So Robert got caught stealing chainsaw in 1976. So, yeah, we go back five years to December 22nd, 1971. That's when Robert, uh, he kidnapped and murdered his first victim, 18-year-old Celia Van Zanten, who went by Beth. But, like, he during the chainsaw incident for larceny, they didn't know about this. No. They okay. had no idea he had went on this It's crazy that he just keeps story. going to jail and getting out for things. Mm-hmm. Time served, six months here, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, yeah. someone with that kind of past and anger already is just kind of building up like, hey, I can get away with everything. Yeah, And absolutely. he already has that murder under his belt, too, because you're going back five years. So it's just like, yep, you know, people end up mm-hmm. feeling invincible. Yeah, exactly. Totally. Mm-hmm. People looked at him as a family man, probably, too. He's married with kids, you know. Yeah. You hear that a lot with serial killers, which is scary. Um, so, yeah, she went so, by Beth. Going back five years. Five years, yeah. So she was kidnapped on December 22nd of that year, 1971, and she was found just days later on the 25th of December on Christmas Day. She was frozen to death in the wilderness after escaping Robert. This kidnapping came just days after after the abduction, attempted rape, and rape of those two women that I had mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, Robert did target the same kind of women who were sex workers and topless dancers. And you hear that a lot with uh, these kind of guys that kill women yeah. they always go after prostitutes and they have like a like you said he always struggled with women so he ended up hating him and they always target the prostitutes and stuff like, exactly easy prey i guess yes exactly you know? yeah yeah and actually in a second i'll go into a little bit of a uh, an article that i read kind of stating about you know sex workers and what whatnot yeah so he enjoyed <laughs> kind of like what you just said he enjoyed going after women that he believed no one cared about or wouldn't even notice that they went missing so yeah he was just a huge piece of fucking garbage this article that i read according to rachel diora who did an article on this case for washington washingtonpost.com wrote quote construction of the 800 mile oil pipeline in the 1970s brought prostitutes pimps con artists and drug dealers to alaska's largest city aiming to separate construction workers from some of the big money they were pulling in Many who looked for quick riches left as abruptly as they arrived in Anchorage, making sudden disappearances commonplace. So it's like once they went missing, it's like almost like they didn't automatically look for these people that were missing because they didn't think they were missing. Yeah. You're in this giant wilderness state. and Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, scary. So if you ever want to work on a pipeline, you get drugs, prostitutes. There, there's, there you go. Go to Alaska. Go to Anchorage. <laughs> yeah, so Robert would drive these women uh, that he abducted to, and or he would fly them in his private bush plane, which is, I believe, a Piper PA-18 Super Club. Which wow, you're good at airplanes. Yeah, yeah, I know all about them. Um, and then he would take him to, ne- not necessarily his own cabin, because he didn't have a cabin, but he would break into ones that were unoccupied, located in a remote area by the Kinnick River, which was accessible only by boat or bush planes. This is where Robert would rape the women, and the ones that didn't fight back, he would actually bring them back to town to, and make them promise not to say a word, and he would let them go, which was unbelievable. <laughs> That's so crazy. Unfortunately, the women that put up a struggle f- you know, from Robert, he would tell them that they were free to go and he would let them out the front door. And these women would take off out of the cabin thinking they were truly free. But little did they know that Robert was armed with a hunting knife, 223 caliber. 223 caliber. 223 caliber. Yes. Okay. That's what I heard on the documentary. I was like, I got to say it. 223 caliber Ruger and a mini 14 rifle. The mini 14 is a Ruger. 223 rifle. Oh, is it? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Thank you for clarifying that because I don't know shit about guns. Okay. It's a semi-automatic rifle. Shoots oh, like a smaller hunting round. Oh, okay. Definitely effective. It's not like the ones that spray out anything, right? Like, That's a shotgun. That's a shotgun. The BBs. This the, okay. is just one okay. projectile. Oh, okay. So, yeah, he would torture them for hours, sometimes even days while he's hunting his quote-unquote game, and he would just shoot them like prey. Like he's out there hunting a fucking animal. He would just let these women go and then go and try to hunt them down like they're prey. So he was known to have murdered anywhere from 17 to 21 women, ages 16 to 41 years old. In the same way, hunting them down? Yeah. Well, either hunting them down like that or, you know, just raping and killing them. And I think he would just bury them. The story reminds me of... This movie with Ice-T called Surviving the Game. It was like in the early 90s, maybe like 94 or something. I think you were telling me And he was a homeless that. guy and befriended a bunch of these hunters that took him to a cabin and, you know, gave him booze, fed him. And then he found out what they did and they just hunted him through the hole. <laughs> ended out great for Ice-T. Well, yes. I don't like... want to ruin the movie. It was, you know, it's a great movie. Was, I saw it all the time on TNT. Did you really? Oh my god! I kind of—I've never seen that. I've never even heard about that. I remember you mentioning something about it. I gotta go back and watch that though. Yeah, there's also what the Frozen Ground. I think they based this that movie on this story too. Oh shit! Yeah. Frozen Ground. Yeah. yeah, I think with um, oh god, what is that guy? Nicholas Cage? No, it wasn't Nicholas Cage. It was um, yeah, Nicholas Cage, John Cusack, Vanessa Hutchins. Oh shit! Yeah. Frozen ground. But John Cusack played the serial Robert. killer. Yeah, he played he Robert. Played Robert Hansen. Yeah. Yep. Vanessa Hudgens played Cindy Paulson. Anyways, back right. to the story. Yeah, no, sorry. We're <laughs> drifting I got, away. I got to watch that. I got to watch that movie, though. Um, yeah, so he was known to have murdered anywhere from 17 to 21 um, women, ages 16 to 41 years old. And I will mention all these women in a bit, but we're going to talk about Cindy Paulson who I just actually mentioned from that movie. Um, while living in Alaska, Cindy started to run away from home when she was only 12 years old. She met her first pimp who would buy her nice things like clothes and jewelry. By the time she was 15 years old, she was her pimp's quote-unquote main lady. And he would buy her like fur jackets. He would let her drive his Lincoln Continental around town. Cindy like really enjoyed this lifestyle of like nice clothing, money, 
and she continued to do this. But on June 13th, 1983, her life would change forever. Hansen came across Cindy and offered her $200 for oral sex, and she agreed. So she got in his car, and Robert took off. But while driving, he pulled a gun on her and took her to his actual home this time. So I'm assuming, obviously, his wife and kids weren't there. So he held her captive in his basement while he raped and tortured her before he proceeded to tie her up by her neck and um, to a post in the basement and handcuffed her. I'm going to post a picture of this basement because he, like, literally, obviously, he's a hunter, so he has all these heads all over the wall, you know, all his, like, trophies, I guess you could say. So I thought so. Just like surviving the game with iced tea. <laughs> I got to see this movie. <laughs> like I said, he raped her, tortured her, tied her up by her neck to a post. He handcuffed her, and then he went upstairs to take a fucking nap. So after Robert took his nap, he went back down to the basement, and he got Cindy, leaving her in the handcuffs, um, which actually were which were in the front of her body. He placed her in the car and took Cindy to Merrill Field Airport. This is where Robert had the intention to bring her to his, his quote-unquote cabin. But as Robert was loading his plane, he had his back towards Cindy, and she made a fucking run for it out of this car. That's got to be terrifying. <laughs> so Robert ran after her, and thank God she caught up with this truck that was nearby and just begged him to drive her to her hotel instead of like a hospital or police station or anything. So he did, and um, she asked the front desk clerk to call her boyfriend, who was actually staying at the Big Timber Motel. The driver, Robert Yaunt, he did what she said, dropped, him, dropped her off. Actually, at her, she was staying at the Mush Inn Motel. But immediately after he dropped her off, he called police because this girl was, like, terrified with handcuffs and everything. She actually, yeah, so she had no shoes and she was still handcuffed when police found her at her boyfriend's hotel because I guess she had taken, from the Mush Inn, she had taken a cab to go to her boyfriend's hotel. So from there, they took her to a hospital to examine her, confirm her story that she had been raped. And then she was taken in for questioning where she described what Robert Hansen looked like. She added that they would find her blue shoe on the floor of the passenger side of his car. And I don't know if they actually did end up finding that because I think it was months later that they finally found I'll get into that but they finally found Robert but I don't think they ever found that shoe so yeah like I said they ended up finding Robert and they brought him in for questioning as to what happened that day Robert obviously denied everything that Cindy said and even Robert's friend John Henning actually had an alibi for for Robert stating that that day they were hanging out all day together and the police you know found out he was married he has kids they thought that he was a family man, I guess you could say. And they confirmed the alibi, and Robert was not considered a serious suspect at that time. While he was raping and murdering these women around the area, Detective Glenn Floth of the Alaska State Troopers was part of a team investigating bodies that were being found around the area. The first to be found, I believe was in 1981, was near Alukna Road, who they named Alukna Annie because she has never been identified. So that's what they named her. That's what she went by. Next identified was Joanna Messina, who was found in a gravel pit near Seaward. The third was in 1982, which was 23-year-old Sherry Morrow. She was found in a shallow grave near the Kinnick River. Glenn, the state trooper, believed that the same person had killed all three of these women. Glenn got in contact with the FBI to help him find an offender profile based on their findings. And they actually had help from the none other 
of Special Agent John Douglas. Do you remember who John Douglas? Does that sound familiar? No. He was um, Holden Ford's character on Mindhunter. Oh. He was based on oh, okay. John Douglas. Yeah. Yeah. So badass. Badass guy. He's been on many high-profile cases for sure. So awesome dude. So John Douglas believed that the killer um, of these three women were was an experienced hunter. He had low self-esteem, probably a man that women rejected a lot, and someone that felt the need to hold souvenirs from his victims. And he even stated that the killer might have a stutter, which I thought was pretty crazy to kind of base that off of what they thought this killer was. John Douglas searched that profile of people in the area, and that's when he came across Robert Hansen. He fit that profile to a T, and Robert had owned a plane, so they requested a search warrant for Robert's house, his vehicle, and his plane. On October 27, 1983, they discovered jewelry that belonged to some of the missing women. They found the firearms in the attic of his house, as well as an aviation map with 37 X's marked on it hidden behind Robert's headboard. I love when fucking serial killers are so fucking stupid that they do stuff like this and then gets them caught. It's like, it sucks that they had to, you know, not had, but they did all these horrible crimes. But they're so stupid that they, like, have something that proves that they almost did these crimes, like, right there. It's like a memento to them. <laughs> yeah, it blows my mind. So crazy. Yeah, so sadly, they found even more women at those locations marked on this map. Robert denied everything and said that the women were to blame for his actions. <laughs> he was arrested and Robert admitted to attacking women as early as 1971. John, his friend that he had said that they were hanging out that night, his alibi, came forward after Robert's arrest and stated that he had lied and they were not together that night. Fucking awesome friend. What a piece of shit. In 1990, his wife ended up filing for divorce and he left or she left Alaska with their children. Robert was charged with assault, kidnapping, multiple weapon offenses, theft, and insurance fraud. He pled guilty for only four of the murders for Sherry, Joanna, Paula, and Alukna Annie. And again, I'm going to mention all those in details. Robert did provide details about the murders, and in return, they promised him no publicity in the press, as well as Robert having to take investigators to locate more of the bodies. He did show them seven more grave sites, but they did end up finding a total of 12 remains and were able to return them to their families for proper burial. Robert was sentenced to 461 years without the possibility of parole. He was first taken to a penitentiary in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania, but in 1988, he was returned to Alaska, moving from two different correctional centers, but was ultimately sent to Anchorage Correctional Complex for health reasons in May of 2014. Huh. He later died August 21st, 2014 at 75 years old due to natural causes from lingering health conditions. And like I said, I'm going to name all the victims and their information just so we can see all the people that he somewhat confessed to murdering and not so much the other. So first to be found was, like I kind of mentioned in the beginning, Celia Van Zanten, also known as Beth, was 17 years old, missing December 22nd, 1971, found Christmas Day, December 25th, 1971. Robert denied killing her, but it was suspected that he did because there was an X on the map uh, where her body was found. Megan Emmerich, who was 17 years old, 
went missing July 7th, 1971, as has never been found, and Robert denies killing her. But, again, it is suspected that he did because of the X on the map. Mary Thill was 22 years old when she disappeared on July 5th, 1975, and has never been found either. Robert denies killing her, but it is suspected due to another X on the map. Alukna Annie was around 16 to 25 years old, and they believe that she was killed between November 1979 and June of 1980. She was found July 21st, 1980, uh, believed to have been stabbed in the back, and but she was partially eaten by animals. She was found in a shallow grave off Alukna Lake Road. Joanna Messina, 24 years old, she went missing May 19th, 1980, but was believed to be killed the same day, found late July 1980 in a gravel pit, badly decomposed. Roxanne Eastland, 24 years old, went missing June 28th, 1980, and believed to have been murdered the same day, but was never found. Robert did confess to her murder, though. Lisa Foodle, uh, 41 years old, the oldest victim, went missing September 6th, 1980, found May 9th, 1984, south of Old Knick Bridge. Sherry Morrow, 23 years old, went missing November 17th, 1981, found September 12th, 1982, in a shallow grave on the bank of Knick River. She was shot in the back, but the clothes that she was found in, there were no bullet holes in the clothes, like in her back where she had been shot. So it was kind of indicated that she was probably naked and like prey. (laughs) She was running out there, shot her in the back. And then he went over there and redressed her and then put her in a grave. And, uh, the next one is Andrea Altieri, 22 years old, went missing December 2nd, 1981. Robert confessed to her murder, but she has never been found either. Sue Luna, 23 years old, went missing May 26th, 1982, found April 24th, 1984. She was found naked and one of the victims that Robert hunted like an animal, like another one, she was found shot to death. Robin Pelkey, 19 years old, appeared to have died January 1983, but she wasn't found until April 1984, but wasn't identified until October of 2021. And she was actually kind of named the Horseshoe Harriet before they really identified her. I did not know that. As late as October 2021. Dylan Frey was 20 years old when she went missing, believed to have been murdered April 1983, found August 20th, 1985, she was found by a pilot who was testing out new tires on the sandbar of the Knick River. Paula Golding was 30 years old when she went missing April 25th, 1984, found September 2nd, 1983, in a shallow grave on the bank of the Knick River. She was found with a shot in the back, and again, she was found with no bullet holes in her clothing, suggesting that she was redressed before she was buried. Malai Larson, 25 years old, went missing June 81, believed to have been murdered between June 81 and June 1983. And she was found April 24th, 1984, but there are no details about her remains. Teresa Watson, 22 years old, went missing April 29th, 1983, found April 26th, 1984, but there's, again, no details about her remains. Angela Federn, 24 years old, went missing February 1983, found April 26th, 1984, near Figure 8 Lake. Tamara Peterson, 19, or 20 years old, sorry, went missing August 1982, found April 29th, 1984, just one and a half miles from Old Knick Bridge. 
that's a lot of fucking people. But lastly, we get to Cindy Paulson, who was, like I said, 17 years old. She went missing June 13th, 1983. And although she suffered horrific accidents by the hands of this fucking monster, she did survive Robert Hansen. And uh, yeah, so although she went, I believe she went back to her kind of lifestyle that she was living when she met Robert. But I did read that she is now married and she has two children. So that is the story of Robert Hansen. Creepy. Do you remember Crazy. a lot of those details? Yeah. Well, I mean, not all the details of the people and exactly what he did. But and I didn't, you know, hearing all those people, it's like, damn, that fool was in jail. Now he's dead and they're still finding people. Yeah. I wonder what's the real number. I bet you there's still more out there. And mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I didn't include it. But he did tell like police that he I mean, he raped like over 30 women so yeah you could have killed up to 21 i'm sure there yeah, might be more and they still haven't even found them this is in the latest of you know the late 80s or early 80s i'm sorry i think yeah so yeah long long time ago it's really sad but yeah i'm gonna always like i always do post pictures on social media so follow me gruesome and natural until episode 21 yep thanks for listening See you later. Later. Stay safe and be aware, guys.